Chapter twenty seven of Science in Short Chapters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Science in Short Chapters by W. Matthew Williams. Iron Filings in T. I have watched the progress of the tea controversy and the other public performances of the public analysts with considerable interest. It might have been with amusement, but for the melancholy degradation of chemical science which they involve. Among the absurdities and exaggerations which for some years past have been so industriously trumpeted forth by the pseudo-chemists who trade upon the adulteration panic and consequent demand for chemical certificates of purity, the continually repeated statements concerning the use of iron filings as a fraudulent adulterant of tea take a prominent place. I need scarcely remark that, in order to form such an adulterant, the quantity added must be sufficiently great to render its addition commercially profitable, to an extent commensurate with the trouble involved. The gentlemen, who, since the passing of the Adulteration Act, have by some kind of inspiration suddenly become full-blown chemists, have certified to wilful adulteration of tea with iron filings, and have obtained convictions on such certificates, when, according to their own statement, the quantity contained has not exceeded 5% in the cheapest qualities of tea. Now, the price of such tea to the Chinaman tea grower who is supposed to add these iron filings is about fourpence to sixpence per pound and we are asked to believe that he will fraudulently deteriorate the market value of his commodity for the sake of this additional one twentieth of weight supposing that he could obtain his iron filings at twopence per pound his total gain would thus be about one-tenth of a penny per pound but can he obtain such iron filings in the quantity required at such a price a little reflection on a few figures will render it evident that he cannot and that such adulteration is utterly impossible i find by reference to the grocer of november the eighth that the total deliveries of tea into the port of london during the first ten months of eighteen seventy two were one hundred and forty two million four hundred and twenty nine thousand three hundred and thirty seven pounds and during the corresponding period of eighteen seventy three one hundred and thirty nine million ninety two thousand four hundred and nine pounds of this about eight and a half millions of pounds in eighteen seventy three and ten millions of pounds in eighteen seventy two were green the rest black this gives in round numbers about one hundred and sixty millions of pounds of black tea per annum 
of which above one hundred and forty millions come from china as the russians are greater tea drinkers than ourselves the americans and british colonists are at least equally addicted to the beverage and other nations consume some quantity the total exports from china may be safely estimated to reach four hundred or five hundred millions of pounds let us take the smaller figure and suppose that only one-fourth of this is adulterated to the extent of five per cent with iron filings how much would be required just five millions of pounds per annum it must be remembered that coarse filings could not possibly be used they would show themselves at once to the naked eye as rusty lamps and would shake down to the bottom of the chest neither could borings nor turnings nor plain shavings be used nothing but fine filings would answer the supposed purpose i venture to assert that if the china tea growers were to put the whole world under contribution for their supposed supply of fine iron filings this quantity could not be obtained let any one who doubts this borrow a blacksmith's vice a fine file and a piece of soft iron then take off his coat and try how much labour will be required to produce a single ounce of filings and also bear in mind that fine files are but very little used in the manufacture of iron as the price of a commodity rises when the demand exceeds the supply the chinaman would have to pay far more for his adulterant than for the leaves to be adulterated as chinese tea growers are not public analysts we have no right to suppose that they would perpetrate any such foolishness the investigations recently made by mr alfred bird of birmingham show that the iron found in tea leaves is not in the metallic state but in the condition of oxide and he confirms the conclusions of zoller quoted by mr j a wanklin in the chemical news of october the tenth namely that compounds of iron naturally exist in genuine tea it appears however that the ash of many samples of black tea contains more iron than naturally belongs to the plant and accepting mr bird's statement that this exists in the leaf as oxide mixed with small silicious and micaceous particles i think we may find a reasonable explanation of its presence without adopting the puerile theory of the adulteration maniac who in his endeavour to prove that everybody who buys or sells anything is a swindler has at once assumed the impossible addition of iron filings as a make-weight in the first place we must remember that the commodity in demand is black tea and that ordinary leaves dried in an ordinary manner are not black but brown tea leaves however contain a large quantity of tannin 
a portion of which is when heated in the leaves rapidly convertible into gallotannic or tannic acid thus a sample of tea rich in iron would when heated in the drying process become by the combination of this tannic acid with the iron it contains much darker than ordinary leaves or than other teas grown upon less ferruginous soils and containing less iron this being the case and a commercial demand for black tea having become established the tea grower would naturally seek to improve the colour of his tea especially of those samples naturally poor in iron and a ready mode of doing this is offered by stirring in among the leaves while drying a small additional dose of oxide of iron if he can find an oxide in such a form that it will spread over the surface of the leaf as a thin film now it happens that the chinaman has lying under his feet an abundance of material admirably adapted for this purpose that is red hematite some varieties of which are as soft and unctuous as graphite and will spread over his tea leaves exactly in the manner required the micaceous and silicaceous particles found by mr bird are just what should be found in addition to oxide of iron if such hematite were used the film of oxide thus easily applied and subjected to the action of the exuding and decomposing extractive matter of the heated leaves would form the desired black dye or facing the knotty question of whether this is or is not an adulteration is one that i leave to lawyers to decide or for those debating societies that discuss such interesting questions as whether an umbrella is an article of dress if it is an adulteration and as already admitted is not at all injurious to health then all other operations of dyeing are also adulterations for the other dyers like the chinamen add certain impurities to their goods the silk wool or cotton in order to alter their natural appearance and to give them the false facing which their customers demand but with this difference if i am right in the above explanation that in darkening tea nothing more is done but to increase the proportion of one of its natural ingredients and to intensify its natural colour while in the dyeing of silk cotton or wool ingredients are added which are quite foreign and unnatural and the natural colour of the substance is altogether falsified the above appeared in the chemical news november the twenty first eighteen seventy three when the adulteration in question was generally believed to be commonly perpetrated and many unfortunate shopkeepers had been and were still being summoned to appear at petty sessions etc and publicly branded as fraudulent adulterers on the evidence of the newly fledged public analysts 
who confidently asserted that they found such filings mixed with the tea some discussion followed in subsequent numbers of the chemical news but it only brought out the fact that finely divided iron exists in considerable quantities in sheffield may be begged as mr alfred h allen an able analytical chemist resident in sheffield said the fact that such finely divided iron is thus without commercial value still further confirms my conclusion that it is not used for the adulteration of tea if it were its collection would be a regular business and truckloads would be transmitted from sheffield to london the great centre of tea importation no evidence of any commercial transactions in iron filings or iron dust for such purposes came forward in reply to my challenge the practical result of the controversy is that iron filings are no longer to be found in the analytical reports of the adulteration of tea end of iron filings in tea